me and this dude talk about that all the time. Have you a compound. You gotta have Do one. Do you yeah. have to? And I'm curious to kind of hear what you guys are thinking on that because, like, right now with everything going on in society, I mean, you gotta. I mean, dude, last night I was looking up. Um, this dude's like, oh, you need a sat phone. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Started looking up sat phones on eBay. And then I I, har- I hearted one that was like, you know, fairly cheap. That I'm like, okay, this looks cool. Yeah. I seen in the movies, they pull them out, right? Exactly. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. And then I look it up like, okay, is this sat phone good if, if you know, we hit we get we hit we get hit with an EMP or something. Exactly. And they're like, yeah, no, it's no good. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to go. Get well, out. you know, the reason why I brought that up was because uh, not too uh, long ago, a couple months ago, all the politicians got, ended up getting sat phones, and so it, oh. it, it raised a lot of questions, like, why is the government yeah. preparing for sat phones? Yeah, why mm-hmm. do you need one? Yeah, why do you need one? Yeah. Why aren't you giving this like the citizens some okay. sat phones? You know, at least one per household or something, so we can communicate yeah. and get whatever. Um, raises some questions. They know something we don't. Exactly. Of and, and then oh. there was like a uh, a Netflix. I don't, I don't want to call it a special, but maybe a movie that came out. I forget what the name was. Uh, leave, but leave everything. Behind. Leave the world behind. Yeah. But no. the, the Obamas had something. <laughs> yes. To, you know. Do I was not about to talk about that on this you know, podcast. Man. Yes. I just saw that movie yesterday, and there is a oh, lot. Of, there is a lot of truth to that movie. Oh, exactly. There is too much truth to that movie. Exactly. It's like someone's trying to send us a message. I was exactly. just telling somebody. What, what is it? They're gonna take that movie. That's down. the movie so I was. Telling, I was. Yeah. I was telling you to watch. It's about um, there is this um, uh, a crisis, right? And it all starts with. Uh, this family and they're going on vacation right so they leave the city they're going out into the countryside huge gorgeous house right all right cool well then on the way there uh the internet stops working right and it's i've always said this if the internet stops working we got a problem yeah. okay and oh, sorry it's just the wi-fi someone someone <laughs> plugged the no, wi-fi dude, that's happened at my house and i'm just like it's today the day and i run down to the router and it's like the oh kids. it's fine it's fine open the door yeah reboot it it's fine it's fine yeah thankfully right. yeah, yeah. but and then so right the internet goes down and then there starts having blackouts right now the cell phones start going out now no one can communicate right that's step one oh, right so there, there's there's confusion. Nobody knows what's happening. And then you have on one side of the coast, um, there's these red pamphlets getting dropped by, right? And they're like in Korean or Chinese. And then mm-hmm. in another side of the country, there's other pamphlets that are in like Aramaic, right? And so they're all like death to America, uh, whatever. And so wow. now there's confusion. Are we being attacked by all these people or is it just one nation? Exactly. Who's, who's coming after us, right? Um, and mm. then mm. that's phase two, right? Mm. And so phase three is we destroy each other, right? Mm. Because we're no longer working together, yeah. right? Yo. And that's the whole point behind the compound. That's another point like behind like the brotherhood is having these 3 a.m. friends, right? Yeah. Mm. Because we're just like, hey, we can depend on each other. We're going to help each other out. When things go south, yeah. like we got each other's back, right? Mm. When, when you don't have someone like that, when you don't have a group of people mm. like, yeah, people are going to turn on each other. Why? Because they're scared. Scared exactly. people make bad decisions. That- and they yes. start to look up for themselves or their own, right? Yeah. It's no longer the Damn. community. Damn. Yeah. The movie's good, man. Yeah, that's heavy. Oh, yeah. you did see it, too. Dude, oh, okay. the movie. Have you all seen it? You no, all? I only saw the trailer for it. And I remember watching it, and I'm just like, this is exactly what could happen. And yeah. the first thing you think about is when technology like the internet goes down, Yeah. just think of that alone. Well, how that can change anybody. Or oh, it's people huge. will be dying. Yeah. You know, just yeah. from the internet. Kids and they're so dependent on it now. They, yeah. Really, I've, had this, I've had this conversation. Um, what you would do if there was no technology, electricity, are you able to survive? 
you know, because you guys are talking about bunkers. Mm -hmm. I always think, am I able to start a fire? Am I able to jumpstart a car that's here? Am I able mm. to build something or even build a car and get it to run? Because yeah. otherwise, at that you point, need Flintstones, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, exactly. <laughs> Break! But I, I feel like Definitely. not many are capable of surviving. Or Who's actually gone camping and been able to do things without electricity? Yeah, it's absolutely. a big factor. We're so dependent on it. We yeah. are so dependent on it, right? Yeah. Like, there was a, there was a, um, they did a study way back in the day where it was like, th like, the stress of losing your phone, like, when you don't know where it's at, like, you feel like you lost it, is this equivalent to someone, like, a mother losing her baby. Mm. That's, mm. isn't that wild? Yeah, it is wild. Like when you find it, you're like, oh my god, yeah, precious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it you is scary I mean? though. But like you know, uh, I've 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 uh, dropped my phone and I've broken it, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm out of a phone for two, three days or what have you. Mm -hmm. And for those two or three days, I am like, I can't pay my bills. I can't check my mm -hmm. my bank account. I can't. Um, uh, there's so many things that you use your phone for that you don't realize until you don't have it. At exactly. least for me, you know what yeah. I mean. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's wild. Like trying to get a hold of you know your wife or your kids, yeah. you know, yeah. for you, and it's it's a different world, you know, yeah. when you're so dependent on something and then it disappears and you're like, crap, what do I do now? Exactly. Yeah, I'm very not connected to my phone as much as I was in the past, mm -hmm. and even today, I don't know if you remember, once we got out of the doors from uh, Dunkin' Donuts, we opened the door, my phone fell like flat, mm -hmm. and you're like, was that you? And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, and just grabbed it, didn't look at it, just put it back in my pocket. Um, maybe it's broken, but I don't think it is, you know? <laughs> but, uh, that's a tomorrow problem. <laughs> <laughs> but we have that fear of it breaking, you know, kind of like you said, uh, not being able to contact people. And uh, I was just having this conversation 20 years ago, that wasn't a worry of ours. That wasn't a concern of ours. Mm. That was, mm. people still survived without any of that. Yeah. So how yeah. do we feel our time 20 years ago? <sighs> I was like, oh, what, I was 13, video games? <laughs> I mean, that yeah. was a part of it. That was a part of it. And then the, you don't realize how much you actually interacted with people back then. Yeah, yeah How absolutely. much that takes time, yeah. you know, yeah. or how much time that takes up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it is a different generation, for sure. Like, no. you don't see as many kids playing outside. Playgrounds yeah. and all that stuff. Playgrounds are, are empty now. Yeah, yeah it, that's mm -hmm. a trip, man. Because yeah. we, we live right by a playground. Uh, we, we live right by a school. And I remember growing up, when we moved here from Chicago uh, to the suburbs, <clears throat> Always kids playing. <clears throat> you could pick. You could play pickup basketball. Damn near any time of the day over summer. Mm -hmm. There's always someone shooting. It's always someone playing. Nowadays, I drive by and there's nobody there. Exactly. Like, every now and then, and it's it's really the only people I see there now are like parents with like newborn kids or like it's their first kid mm -hmm. and they want a stroller. Take, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't see like toddlers, preteens, like you know sure. what I mean, shooting hoops anymore, practicing like that. It was just a different. It, it's just a different generation. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's really the parents' fault. Mm -hmm. I have to say, yeah. it's really the parents' fault. Yeah, because you can instill that in your child. You know what I mean? I mean, sure, once they get you know teenage years and make their own decisions or whatever. But um, if they're like ten, eleven, preteens, you know, like yeah, like if you took your kid to the to the park a lot during a kid, well, during a, a small child, pretty steadily, they'll probably continue wanting to go to the park. Uh, sure. yeah. you know. Let's see. Most right. of the time, right? Not always, but most of the time. Yeah, but, but if you if you go back to what we were just talking about with the bunker situation, mm, right? Like, how do you prepare? Like, and this is where I find myself with the challenge of 
prepare, get ready, start looking at a bunker, some land, but they're not living in fear and trying to live. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a it's how a, do you where do you draw the line? How do you yeah, do a balance? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like you know, for me, I mean, it starts way before thinking about the bunker. Like for me, it's you have that fear of not having technology, the fear of contacting people. How do you eliminate that? Because, mm. uh, for example, must have been a month ago. I was just going to the gas station. I had to fill up before work, but I wanted to do it before I actually. Uh, got ready for work. I left and the first thing I did was reach for my phone, you know, and it wasn't there. And there was this instant panic, right? And I'm like, should I go back? But no, I'm just going to the gas station. And I had to really convince myself, okay, it's going to be about four minutes there and back, or maybe five. And I thought, what can really go on in those three minutes? 99% of the time, nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see things. It's like we're always going to have this fear mm. of not having the ability to communicate with somebody or to look up something on our phone in an emergency. How do you get rid of that fear before looking for a bunker? You know what I mean? Like there's always that mm. if you have a bunker, you're still going to have that fear, right? Of mm. I still can't communicate with somebody. So it's how are you going to be capable without the technology? Like there's more, there's more to the bunker than just the bunker. Like let's say we had the bunker right now. Like okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I got a bunker. Now what? If you're if you're a scared individual, I think is what you're trying to say. Then you're yeah. always going to be scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I think, even yeah. And I think that what we were what we have to do is not make fear based decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Like having a bunker, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. It could be your man cave, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it also has a second purpose. What have you, right? Whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a, a certain um, rest of mind. Or how do you call that? Ease of mind? Mm-hmm. Peace There's of mind. Peace of mind, thank you. There's a certain peace of mind knowing that you have the ability to, you know, so you have somewhere safe to put your family in mm-hmm. for X amount of time sure. while the immediate, you know, terrible situation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dies down. You know, right? that's why I've been working on the reputation of, hey, don't, don't mess with that guy. He's crazy. That mm-hmm. deal already. Yeah. That way people don't have to, you know, worry yeah. about coming over my house when stuff actually goes down because, mm-hmm. oh, he has guns. Absolutely. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Can I borrow a cup of sugar? <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. I think the way we started this conversation is totally in line with what um, I was hoping to talk about and, and discuss with you guys. So I'm reading this book called Wild at Heart. Great, great book. It's about restoring the soul of a man. Biblically based, biblically based, right? And John Eldridge, the author, talks about three things that men actually need. And I'm, I've been diving into this book. Like, it's the, the Bible and this book are the ones I've been really, like, diving into, like, taking, um, being on top of my notes and stuff. So he says three things that we need. <clears throat> Here. In the heart of every man is a desperate desire for, one, a battle to fight, two, an adventure to live in, and three, a beauty to rescue. It's very interesting. So a battle to fight, an adventure to live in, and a beauty to rescue. Now, talking about the bunker, I think that, for me, that aligns a lot with the adventure to live in. We were, Jason and I were briefly having a conversation, so just, just, just to quickly touch on it. Uh, a battle to fight. You need, like, something to... to 
like a bigger cause. Yeah, mission. A mission, yeah. Yeah. Like we want to fight something big, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think men are we're just as little boys, we want to wrestle, we want to fight, we want you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Karate, martial arts, all these things are like totally ingrained in us mm-hmm. since since we were kids. Um, an adventure to live. We wanted to be outside, and and really the adventure part is is risk. We want to do things that are risky, that are dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Like we feel alive if there's a risk involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to go back to a battle to fight, um, I feel like at least for me, walking the life if I don't have something like that I can look forward to. It's like, man, this, this time is like a law, right? I need purpose. Yeah. So uh, even if it's just 100%. around the house, like, the, hey, the, the faucet is leaking, but got it. I shall you slay know? thee. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, one of those kind of deals. But when I don't have something going on, it's like, man, what do I do? Yeah. You know, and then you just start getting into the idle time, pastors and such. Mm. And yeah. That's, yeah. You feel, you'll fill that time up with something. Yeah. yeah. And that's why the battle, for me, the battle to fight has been always my biggest struggle. Or maybe not even a struggle, but it's always been my focal point in things. Like the, it was easy in law enforcement or military. There's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's always there's the enemy that you have to paint. Yeah. Whether that be, you know, an, an actual bad guy at the moment, or you know, it's it's this whole saga of the good guys versus bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like we all want to play that, right? Yeah. Like how many times did we play cowboys and Indians and cops and robbers as kids? Yeah. And it was like that's your friend, but now he's a robber in yeah. this game. It's like go oh, to jail. You're yeah, going exactly. to jail, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no, it becomes no, worse. It's so much more engaging mm-hmm. when you say that. It's not exactly. just tag. It's cops and robbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, you're absolutely right. We need a purpose, right? We need a, a reason to live. We need morals. That's the reason why we have people are are, are find the idea of honor mm-hmm. so alluring, right? So attractive yeah. because you have things to stand up for. Mm-hmm. You have things to stand up against, right? Uh, you have a, a mission in life, right? You will uphold whatever these morals, these laws, right? Because you're an honorable individual, mm-hmm. and um, and then your second topic was an adventure to live an adventure to live and it leads that that, that that mission that life mission that that honor-based system that you live your life by mm. will lead you into your adventure mm-hmm. right because like i said you have things to stand up for you have things to stand up against right mm. and so you can live your life that way and you're that those that mind thought process will turn into actions and those actions will lead you down whatever course of life that is. And you will eventually find a damsel in distress. Or mm. you will find a beauty to save. Or your children rest, that yeah. they need saving. Yes. That they need help. Protecting. Yeah. That they need protecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, whatever that looks like in your life. Um, and so I think a bunker actually plays into all three of those. Yeah. You know. For sure. Which just tidbit. Zuckerberg, right, the owner of Facebook, he's making a ginormous bunker. That that was on the news about the day or two ago. He's playing. Does it kind of defeat the purpose of a bunker if everybody knows that you're building a bunker? Oh, dude, this thing is. <laughs> I, I forgot how many stories under the ground it is. Like, there's stories, stories, multiple yeah, stories, stories under the ground. Oh, like, this is gonna house like a lot of people very comfortably. Yeah. So he, he's already planning the power outage, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's literally a switch. Yeah, it's like Facebook on, yeah. everything else off. Exactly. The next and that movie that we were talking about, Leave the World Behind. The, mm-hmm. What 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 the actual um, 
uh, problem is is a cyber attack mm -hmm. that was oh. hitting the power plants and ruined the satellites. It wasn't even an EMP. It was a, it was a cyber attack. So the mm -hmm. tech was all there, and it still could be reused if it was reprogrammed or you know however technology works. I don't even know. Yeah. But um, mm, yeah, it just it was either turned off or it was used to create more chaos, like the Tesla cars, right? Because mm. they're self driving. Yeah. So in, during the cyber attack, whoever was the hacker reprogrammed the, pro, the, the, the coding for the self-driving mechanism and all that, the servos and whatever, just to crash into other cars and plug up the roads. So that would be crazy. the grid would be locked up, so you can't drive anywhere. You're you're landlocked into wherever you're at, unless you walk on your own two feet, of course. Yeah. So in the trailer, that was one of the craziest scenes towards the end of the trailer. I don't know, it's Julia Roberts, right? Mm. There's someone else, and they get into a gasoline-powered car, and they're like, we gotta go. And then you see the Tesla's parked, and then as she's driving away, you see the other Tesla's coming towards her. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And they had a scene like that in one of the Fast and Furious's. Uh, oh, cars okay. were coming out of the parking garage because they were able to uh, get into its uh, ECU or electronic control unit or whatever it is, because there's still computers in our cars, even if they are gas-powered. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, yeah, you, especially ways. nowadays, like mm -hmm. computer computers are all over our cars. Yeah. Like you're not gonna have a a, a completely carburetor, completely mechanical vehicle yeah. unless you get a classic 1967 oh, or below. Well, that's what I was asking. I was like, all right, how about my Maserati? My, oh, <laughs> my Maserati, my 2007 Maserati. Oh, yeah. Minimal. <laughs> she gone. She gone. I'm good, right? I'm good. The Maserati is fine, right? He's Sounds like, no, there's she computer gone. in there. There's at yeah. least three computers yeah. that run your 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 fuel, the way that your the timing, the timing. and exactly yeah. the Maserati. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can cut your fuel, and and the way the fuel gets uh, into the cylinders, and that alone, you're you're not going anywhere. Yeah, man. But it won't control like where it goes. You know. Yeah. Like, right. Right. Unless right. you have a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I, I heard something not that long ago that um, it was interesting, and I want I want your guys' thoughts on it. So the things that you continue to en encounter over and over again, mm. uh, so those problems tend to be the things that you were called to go about solving. Oh yes, you know. Yes. So, what do you guys think about that? So, if if Hundo. you know, if um, bro, that's it. If I was a, a porn addict in the past or whatever, you know, uh, <laughs> which I'm not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've been delivered. I've been delivered. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but if, say I was a porn addict, right? Um, and in a group of men or otherwise, um, I have the story that I was able to overcome this. Mm -hmm. I go into the group of men that are going about trying to overcome this thing. Like, man, I keep I keep slipping back, you know. Um, but well, this is how I did it, you know. You give them steps that uh, actually could eventually lead to them, you know, overcoming this addiction, if you will. Yeah. So that kind of deal, you know, you were the the solution to their problem potentially. One hundred percent, I believe that. Yeah. I one hundred percent believe that yeah. because who better to I mean, it go okay. I mean, isn't that why Jesus came, right? Mm -hmm. To be a man and go through life as a man, and then eventually save us. Yeah, yeah. and he he's a perfect example, right? So he was tempted with every other temptation that we've ever had, mm -hmm. right? Every single one. He was tempted with money. He was tempted with uh, you know honor. He was tempted with um, you know fame, fame, right? Mm -hmm. That that's here on on earth, and mm -hmm. you know I'm sure he was tempted by women too. Right, because yeah. he was he was a man just like all of us. He grew up, you know, in the mornings when 
you know, he was a kid and his pecker was up, right? Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah. He, he was. If he was a man, it, that's how it works. You know, yeah. you wake up and you're ready to go. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he had every temptation that we would ever had would have ever gone through, and he overcame, right? Mm -hmm. So he's he's the perfect lamb. Yeah. Right. right. That's how he. Right. That's how he came the first time. When he comes back, he's gonna be in his warrior face. He's gonna come in glory. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but to answer, you know, to go continue back, it's you and that's that's it, right? Like you the problems that you're struggling with when you're able to get out of it, which I pray that, you know, whatever struggles we're each going through when you're able to get out of it, who better to teach somebody else or to speak on that topic or subject than someone who has been in it, who's been in that darkness, who's touched that darkness and gotten out of it. Mm. Yeah. Because there's a lot of men that are in the dark right now yeah. who are hurting from one porn, gambling, um, addiction, addiction, yeah. you know, like gluttony, whatever, Woman right? Is. Woman, yeah, right. So these self-glorifying things, and and it, to them, it's like these short-term feel-good things, mm. and then later on, they realize, man, this is not enough. Yeah, like this is I'm I'm getting actually, and I've said this multiple times on the show. Like it's like drink, it's like being thirsty, and instead of drinking water, I'm eating salty French fries. Mm -hmm. I'm just I just continue to dig myself into a deeper and deeper hole. For yeah. me, it was like success. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was this like this this pedestal of being an entrepreneur and having success and really power was was what kind of what my craving was, mm. right? And when you struggle with these things, you're able to speak from a real point of view because like we said a couple weeks ago if you're just reading a book and you're just studying it yet you've never done it it's just theory to you mm -hmm. yeah i think it works that's yep. what the book says that's what other people say i think it works so you will never be able to speak from a, a real place of genuine authority and power mm. if you've never been through it yeah and that's why it's so Part of the reason that I related with 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 all each of you and you two, since we serve on the same team, from the very first interaction that I had with you guys, I felt like, excuse my French, but these guys have been have been through some shit. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, and I'm like, I. It's almost like because I've been there, I can also see it in you guys. And then when we finally talked about it. I was right. <laughs> I was right. Man, man. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when we first met? Yeah. You remember that day? Yeah. I was actually working security. I know all you guys work security. <laughs> yeah. Man. And, uh, Tell them about it, man. Tell them about it real quick. So it you're, was a you're saying that Angela just has an affinity for people that work security. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> recognizes He's recruiting. Recruiting. <laughs> Hey, boy, are you, are you a security officer? <laughs> you like it was very weird. So you like to protect people? <laughs> I remember. So I, I used to work at this place called Mickey Fens in Libertyville. And I was working security. I was working the back door. And just randomly, you came up. And I don't know what was said. Or maybe I just said hello or how's it yeah. going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, said, what's uh, up? I, I like, said, oh, what's yeah. up? And then... Uh, you said something like, oh, you're, you're in good shape. I was like, no, man, what are you talking about? Look at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the conversation. You went to the bathroom. Then you came out and we started talking. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. How long I, was he in there? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the number one or number two? Angela, was it you? At a bar. Ew. <laughs> man. And he came out, and he we just started talking. I must have asked, like, what industry is he in or what does he do? And mm -hmm. uh, he got into health and fitness and the industry and supplements. Yeah, and once yeah. I heard supplements, I was like, 
hey, whatever you're doing in supplements, I'm in. Just, yeah. just get yeah, me in. True story, though. That's I'll what he help said. You with the research <laughs> because you know uh, a dream a while back was working for supplements uh, and in a company called Optimum Nutrition, which is still yeah. pretty big. Yeah, yeah. And my goal was to work in some type of development of the supplement or any type of uh, anything in the supply chain just to get mm -hmm. into supplements because, mm. uh, yeah, that's me. I'm a chemist. Uh, I have my degree in chemistry and biology. So back to Angelo, I, I was just like, something about this guy, I want to work with him to improve whatever it is he's doing. And it happened to be health, wellness, and fitness and yeah. supplementation. Yeah. And, uh, that's badass. It's very rare to just meet somebody and have so many uh, uh, interests that are very much alike and yeah. even yeah. goals. So, I, so I think that, that also that plays into it. The... I don't know, man. Like you just connect when you when you've been through some crap and you've seen some crap, you realize that all the crap we worry about isn't anything. No, you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, dude, and you you just, you just kind of have a more laid back demeanor. I feel, and that's what it, like attracted me to each one of you. Like you guys were like real men. Mm. And one of the things that we said when we first spoke, he's like, you're like, we don't have to. I feel like I don't have to put a mask in front of you. Mm. I don't got to be the overly like anything i don't got I, I don't got to be anything that i'm not yeah absolutely so back to being a chemist does that mean that you can create devices that take potential <laughs> energy and turn it rapidly oh, into absolutely. kinetic energy <laughs> just give me a little bit of time <laughs> i mean we can go back to how technology was eliminated by the government for oh, society mm -hmm. for their use and it's still going on well, plants coming together. <laughs> Bunker check. <laughs> Let me tell you the coolest part of technology that I heard about. So, do you know what cloud seeding is? No, no idea. Please so, tell cloud me. seeding Sounds in cool. Dubai, they basically uh, put certain chemicals in. Um, this is the United Arab Emirates, but Dubai mainly. Oh, to make it rain? To make it rain. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, what? I about that. Yes. Oh, that's an old thing. That's, yeah. Farmers use it yeah. uh, for their crops. That's to make it thing. rain? Yeah. Yes. They they shoot um, carbon dioxide into it's the carbon, air. Uh, it's into it the is, air. Yes, yeah, and it cr it creates moisture, right? And then all the moisture turns it out to obviously into a cloud, and then yeah. rain. So it rains there, right? Dang. You're changing the weather, and that's fine. That's what I'm. Yeah, like you're changing the weather, huh? So there are articles about the Vietnam War where Agent Orange. What what's it called? Agent Orange? No, you're going to talk <laughs> about Agent I have Orange? no clue what it's called. Oh, well, never but mind. I, yeah, I do I, know I, that they created a fog to kind of have against the enemy so they can attack. So mm. An artificial fog? Not artificial. It's the same way. I, yeah. I guess it's artificial, yeah. They changed the, the moisture content in, in, the, in the air and the pressure. So the U.S. troops would so be in fog. So that there is a fog so that they can have come under the cover of fog. Oh. Yeah. And this was Snail. what year? What, the 70s? Uh, sorry, yeah. I don't know years in terms of wars. Yeah, I think but, you're right. But that's old technology. Yes, I Changing agree. weather. Yeah. Flash forward, what, 50 years? What can they what, do now? What can they do now? Yeah. There's a lot going on about weather and time right yeah. now. I, yo, just me, for, and Brian, <laughs> me and Brian are like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> just so all, everybody knows, I have like a giant tinfoil hat. All right? I, just, I, I don't wear it, but I, it's, it's <laughs> humongous. All right? Just in case. Like, it there's, would, there's it wouldn't fit on camera, guys. Like, yeah, you know, I have to leave it at home. <laughs> yeah. so, We've told them plenty of times, do not bring it. Yeah. Do not bring it. There's, there's actually this talk since you brought up uh, uh, the, that war. 
um, about these wild. lenses that supposedly you can see spirits through, right? Mm-hmm. And that they they had to stop uh, using them because the they were the soldiers were reporting that they would see demons and see things of that nature. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I forgot what the oh, name of the man. of the lenses were, but they were they were the primitives. They were the primitive version of infrared. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man. Hmm. What? Yeah. Well, well you got to realize that what we see is only based on a small spectrum. A very small spectrum of different wavelengths. Yeah. You know? So if we were like Superman, we could see x-rays, we could see microwaves, we could see... Uh, yeah, they have the tech for that. You know? Hmm. There's just a lot. With the naked eye. We only go based on... Yes, like our naked eye. We only go based on what we see. Not even what we hear sometimes. We, well, we don't... Well, I mean, it, it just goes to a testament to, I mean, I, I love this this conversation and, and where it's going, but I want to take a minute to brag on you a little bit because, you know, the people that may have not seen you on previous podcasts or, you know, all our stuff that we did in the past, they don't know a whole lot about Jason. And one of the things that I, I brag about Jason is he is smart AF. Mm-hmm. This dude um, created a plastic that was being used to for like the, like a Petri dish, right? For COVID. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's... But you didn't get the credit for it because the guy kind of screwed you over, some stuff like that. It's not only that. So, let me... Excuse me. Go back to college. I was doing a research project with a bunch of other students. uh, And it was the creation of something new. And for me, it was a type of plastic. It was a polymer plastic. What's it called again? He he made me write it down once. I was like, bro, how many letters (laughs) is this? Yeah, it's a... So the chemical compound in the nomenclature is 246-trimethoxybenzaldehyde. It's a polymer plastic. So it took me hours, you know, just with the physical procedure. And and the stirring part, I stirred by hand, and it it took me a good hour and 10 minutes of stirring, anywhere from 40 Mm. minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. It solidified. So the master's students had to replicate it before I put out the research and get the paper published. He stirred for 10 minutes. I'll give him 20 minutes, and he's like, there's nothing here. And his name was Jason, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, in my head, I was like, he just got to stir more, and I didn't speak up about it, and that's fine. And I remember other people got their papers published, and I, I had this long 40-page write-up of everything that happened. And I was pretty bummed about it because I didn't have a publication. But fast forward 20 years later, 20 years? Maybe a little less than 20 years later, I looked it up. And I see, oh, it's a polymer plastic for DNA probing. And they did use it for some COVID testing. And I was like, shit, man. <laughs> that was it. But you know what? That I was, was it. it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I was past that point of being angry. Like, that ended a while ago. And more now thinking, wow, it was very useful. And um, mm. at least someone did it and someone got to use what I created. I will say that I created That's the first. That's a chip, right? Uh, man, it was Jason. It was Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jason. Yeah, he just kept Forget you, Jason. It was exactly. Jason. Jason number two. Yeah, exactly. Jason number two. Yeah. Messed right. up Jason number one. But it's funny, right? Like We, we think about like, okay, we, you know, we kind of, we, we tie it back into what, what are some stuff that we struggled with in the past and how is it going to be useful now? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then mm. these dudes like, oh man, that's exactly what I needed. <laughs> I need to try try make something bathylified. I need a chemist. We needed a chemist in the group. Welcome. We need to make it. We need to make it rain. We yeah. Need to- Man. Yes. yeah, but as I got older, so that's the thing. Like, 
any kid would be mad about that, right? Mm-hmm. And like have that carry with him, you know, his whole life and have that be the story of this is what I did and this is what I'm proud of even though I didn't get credit. But mm-hmm. it's nice to know that with wisdom you learn that this was the greatest learning experience to understand that. That's it. Anyone else can do it. Anyone else can take credit for it while still being proud that you were able to create it for yourself without me talking about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. When do I talk about it? When Angelo asked me. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's, that's the nice. only time I actually he, talk about it. I was like, bro, and this was like years into our friendship. Mm-hmm. I was like, you created that and you never told me? <laughs> like, what? Now I got to look it up again. No, yeah. <laughs> Man. Have you ever Jeez. been motivated or had any sort of ambition to create something else? I have, you know. I, actually, it was really funny. I was looking at part-time jobs, uh, on top of what I do, and uh, I was looking at lab jobs. I was like, maybe, maybe I'm in a lab doing something else, and just adding legal chemicals here and there, and creating something. <laughs> forty minutes, <Yeah>. forty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> hmm. But uh, yeah, nothing really chemically. You know, uh, you know, I work with cars a lot, and I was talking mm. to you about that. Maybe some type of fluid that will just be better than hydraulic, or something that will replace electric. Mm. So instead of going from Hydraulic steering, it'll go to electric steering, which is what we have now in a lot of cars. Just going backwards to fluids again, you know, mm-hmm. because with technology, you know, if it's electronic steering, it can, someone can take control of that, right? Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I think. If we can go backwards, I, I think that's something that I would love to be a part of. Just going back to analog, you know, like everything's so digital now. Yeah. Hmm. That would be great. I actually am very interested in getting a a classic style car that's mm-hmm. just like straight carburetor, completely mechanical, yeah. and whatnot. But they're so expensive now. You know what I mean? They can be. Yeah, like so if you if you get like a rust bucket, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of cheap, but you sure. have to put a ridiculous amount of time and money into it. And if you get something that's fairly nice, you know, you're still spending around a hundred grand or so. Yeah, there, there's not to mention finding parts for it and maintaining exactly. it and and uh, I've me and my friends, so we're. A lot of us are car guys, and uh, the car that I have, it's uh, it's called the B5S4. Everyone knows it as the B5, and it's funny. I was telling Angela, I do all my uh, tuning stuff and uh, around here in Glenview, but what I'm getting at, uh, people see this car, so it's a six-speed manual stick shift car, all-wheel drive, and there's very little technology in it, and a lot of very little electronics in this old Audi, so people call it somewhat of an analog car. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's pretty much a true analog car because, uh, you know, it's just one of those cars. And it feels so mechanical and you feel every gear and you feel the power and me and my friend, well, my friend's got three of them. Like, wow. it, it's just one of those cars that is just so mechanical. I guess what I'm getting at is that ability to have something that's non-electronic, electrical, digital, gives you a type of freedom from this world. You know, Ooh, even just working definitely. on cars gives you a freedom from this Absolutely. world. Absolutely, it's kind of like a, that's our man cave, right? The garages that we work in. You're a little bit more self-sufficient. Absolutely, you understand how it works. If yeah. something happens, you can kind of fix it. I, I feel that when I clean <clears throat> my guns. <clears throat> it's essentially the same thing. When I clean my that. guns, 
Because you're like, thinking about its function with what you're doing. You're yeah. thinking about the improvement of yeah. how things move. And you're Which I learning. don't have anymore, by the way. I don't know. I lost them a long time ago <laughs> yeah, in a boating yeah. accident. Insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Which I, we, we, none of us have anymore. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. When I used to clean my guns, I should say. <laughs> but it's the same thing, right? Like uh, It's somewhat mechanical, and yeah. you want to be able to have it in perfect working order. Mm. And you can't do that with electric cars. You, you take those in, and they have to do it for you. you know? That's that's they, they beep boop up. Yeah, special programming. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, man. Like you, you brought this question up a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. You're like, "What do you guys do to unwind?" Yeah. And it was very like, "Oh, I journal. You know, I'll get my quiet time. I'll do that." But I just, just right now, remembering part of my unwind is when I fix things or when I clean Absolutely. things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like. Things that I've done so many times repetitively that I don't have to, there's not a whole lot of thought involved in it. And I just let my hands do the work and my brain kind of just turns off. Turns off for the Yeah. It's still working, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's not like I need to think of anything right now. Mm. And it's in these moments where I have more clarity when I'm done. Yeah. I have a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's almost poetic when I'm like, when I'm like cleaning my gun, which is like a weapon of war, right? And and but then I, I'm, I'm gaining so much peace from it. Yeah, yeah. Man. I actually like when I'm stressed out, I will clean. I will clean the whole Me house. Me too. I will scrub every. Is that a dude thing? Is, are you guys know. like that too? Yeah. I'll start organizing. Dude, I don't know things. why. I want. I- I'll, I'll open my pantry door. I'm like, disgusting. And I'll start, <laughs> start ordering organizers. Yes. I'll start Chips. ordering organizers <laughs> on, on like Amazon or I'll run to I Marshalls thought I was the TJ only Maddox. one. No, nah, man. It looks Definitely. immaculate once I'm done. Yeah. And then oh, I, I look back at today. it. And then I sit down. I'm like, <sighs> you know, and I just stare at it for a while. I'm like, yeah. okay. That's right. good. The world, everything's okay now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> That's so funny, man. You, you guys thing, are like that too. I like that, and uh, it's a great thing when you become <laughs> so meticulous and very almost OCD with what you're doing. You're like in a different headspace, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think just being in that space helps you unwind. Number one, and it kind of brings out your natural tendencies to just do. Yeah. Oh. And uh, just do. I have that I like with that. cars. I have that with cleaning. I have that with even playing the piano like, and music in general. That's the time when you're using, it's funny, someone just said this, didn't you say your hands were like God's gift? And I'm like, when did I say that? And then I realized I must have said that. And uh, I've been told that before. And the reason why is I feel like God's given me hands to work on stuff, to build things, to play the piano so naturally, to mm-hmm. do physical uh, physical therapy so well and massage and just utilize it for things that almost come natural and mm-hmm. people are like wow and they talk about jason and his hands you know and that was such a big thing and this person that just mentioned it to me over text and made me stop and think yeah this was given to me you know mm. sometimes we think of god's gift or people talk about god's gift as a talent or whatever and uh, someone mentioned or explained it to me as things you had in your past carry over into the next life and sometimes to the next and these are what we call god's gifts like Mm. like these young musical prodigies right we don't know why they are so good at what they do or why they create things so effortlessly and then someone's like oh god gave you that before and you used Mm. to do this and it's just carry over you know these things don't go away 
it was just a good explanation of That's good. how things are. Something's for me. brewing for Bryant over here. This dude, oh, his, he went Undertaker. He went straight rolled his eyes back. <laughs> like, whoa, he's downloading oh, something big right now. Have you oh, ever man. realized how some things, some people, and even in yourself, some things are just so natural? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's yeah. no training or anything involved. And you know, because um, I forget what it was that I was watching, but there was this two year old kid, uh, and he's phenomenal with numbers, like already doing like multiplication and whatnot with, you know, four or five digit numbers. Uh, what it, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous it, it took him like two seconds to go about finding the answer and such like watching is like dude and i don't know if they wow. have like you know a little clipboard like written and because every time that they give him a number like the numbers are already written on the board and he'll turn two seconds later and it's the correct answer like what the hell dang you know it, it is ridiculous but the kid is two and you know all throughout the comments people were saying you know uh you know he must have some form of autism or whatever Mm. Which is, you know, ridiculous. It, maybe he does, but phenomenal. But these are the the types of problems that maybe this dude is, you know, meant to go about solving. Mm-hmm. You know, so at this young age, he's already solving math problems that you know people struggle with, like five digit number uh, multiplication. Dude, if I was put on the spot, it would probably take me like two minutes. You know, mm. to with go about finding the answer. Yeah, with exactly. a calculator. <laughs> you know, two minutes. Open my phone. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. what's my password again? <laughs> Exactly, but this kid was figuring it out with, within like two seconds. That's why. Um, so going back to you know your your plastic polymer, um, I don't want to disrespect it by you know calling it something that it's not. Um, but this was one of the problems that you were supposed to be solving, and twenty years later, you know this thing is actually be uh, put in use to go about you know observing the the global pandemic that we had experienced, uh, and of course the credit was taken away from you. By Jason. (laughs) (laughs) He's living life. Exactly. You you look back at all the notes and they were yours exactly. You know, he just changed the the last word in your paper. (laughs) Just changed the last name. Exactly. 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 You know, but this was one of those problems that you were supposed to be solving. And I think that that was the adventure that he traveled. Right. Uh, So all throughout life. I think that we are called to go about doing specific things in life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you m- meet specific people, so on and so forth. Um, but you encounter these people, you know, that are supposed to be contributing to whatever it is that you're meant to solve, um, which is why we end up having, you know, this podcast. Yeah. Right? Uh, right. We have the goals that we are setting out to go about accomplishing. And yeah. Yeah. Um, having the like-minded people, it's like, okay, how can we go about doing these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start actually putting, you know, the pen to paper. It's like, okay, this is one of the battles that we want to go about fighting. Yeah. Um, and then you start meeting people in those spaces, so on and yeah. so forth. You know? Right. So right. it just trickles out. Um, but you know, that's exactly how most battles are won. Right. Um, but it, but just to, because I want to piggyback off of that. It's so good. You got to win your own battle. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we each didn't win our individual battles, we wouldn't be sitting here at this table. Exactly together exactly right and we may we may still be going we are all each going through a different battle right now but if we haven't won the previous ones we wouldn't have the confidence to come up and sit at this table and be like i can add value yeah Hmm. i can speak on something yeah whatever that may be absolutely and we're each given some area of expertise some battle we've previously fought and won and now we come back and we share the loot and the knowledge and and the information with everybody else and that's kind of where that that beauty uh to go about rescuing comes in right because i already have this experience and now you're going through it's like oh 
now you're the beauty that I'm supposed to be rescuing. Type deal, you know what I mean? (laughs) 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 You know, but being being able to use those life experiences, man, to go about helping out somebody else, it's awesome. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, man. That's it. I mean, you go through life realizing that after the fact, when you do things like, oh, this was meant to be helping somebody, or this was meant to have this other person understand, and it's... It's amazing how many times that happens and you don't realize what its purpose is while you're doing it. That's the hardest part. It is the hardest part. part. I mean, we go back to a couple weeks ago um, or even a couple podcasts ago when Brian was talking about, um, you know, finding your daughter playing Pokemon at the train station and then you end up lecturing this kid. So many people told me that was such an awesome story. My mom listened to that episode. She's like, Bryant is so blessed. <laughs> I, forget, I, forgot what, well, I forgot what you said, Mom, but you, you gotta, you're going to have to tell me again. But she, oh, oh, um, uh, Bryant is spirit-filled because of the way how he handled that situation. Mm. Now, in that situation, you know, do you, you, you... I did listen to it. I even visualized it coming <laughs> up to the kid. And now that I see Brian and the size, it's, that must be the, the terrifying for this guy. It's terrifying. Hey, he was shaking. It, it was tough. I thought I was intimidating coming up to people. Like, oh, man. But, but it's like, so he deals with that. Yeah. He goes through it. And months go by, weeks go by, years go by, whatever. He tells a story to Alfredo and I, who still have really young girls. And him and I were afterwards were like, bro, is that what's going to be like? I would have punched that kid. <laughs> I would have <laughs> slashed, <laughs> slashed the rest of his tires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, like he, he went through that. So we can go back and kind of teach us, rescue the beauty in a sense, mm-hmm. to teach us what, hey, this is what you guys have to look forward to. Yeah. Do you think they're hard now at two, three, four, five? Wait till they're 15. Yeah. Oh. Wait till they think they're hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. God. Exactly. You know. Man, but that, that's kind of like the bunker, right? The, the bunker, mm-hmm. it signifies or, um, you know, the, the significance of it is that place of protection, like you guys were already saying. Mm. Right? Um, and everybody is seeking that. So our adventure kind of plays into, you know, go about going about offering somebody else that level of protection that they might be lacking mm. right so they say um and i asked a group of men this not that long ago so do you all have like a spiritual mentor mm. like they say you should find somebody that is older than you that has you know uh, more knowledge you know in whatever it is that you might be trying to do um to go about you know mentoring you but then you find somebody that's younger than you to go about mentoring to kind of bring them up to your level type deal. Mm, so then yeah. there's always like this push and pull of information, mm. you know. And then I guess it, it it shows like if you truly mastered whatever your craft is, mm. right? So um, in the space where um, Alfredo, you know, being the mechanic that he is, like if if he hasn't mastered this one thing, but he seeks out that that mentor that can go about teaching how to do it, and then now you want to get into it, and he, hey man, I struggled with this, mm-hmm. but here's all this information. That way, you don't have to go through the same thing that I did. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that that's going to pay dividends not only for you know you, but for you know the company writ large, so on and so forth. You know, yeah, hundred uh, percent. So having those kind of people in your life is invaluable, but I don't know if I actually have one. That's so good, man. One of actually one of my mentors, at he he calls it like the relationship triangle. 
And uh, he says you need a Timothy, you need uh, a Barnabas, and I want to say Paul. Hmm. And you need a Timothy to mentor. You need a Barnabas to be your friend, just like a, 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 a confidant who's hmm. going to do life with you. And you need a Paul to be the, the, your mentor hmm. that speaks down to you. Those are the three relationships every man needs in his life. Someone hmm. he can mentor. You said it perfectly. Uh, someone to mentor, um, someone that's teaching you, pouring into you, and then someone you can do life with. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned Fredo, and ha- I actually had this conversation with him yesterday. I look at Alfredo not just as a friend, but also I, I kind of look at him as a spiritual mentor. He may not accept that, but I look at him as, as a spiritual mentor. Because, mm-hmm. like, I literally ask him. Like, he's like my Google in terms of, like, Bible stuff. Like, I'm like, hey, what's this? What does this mean? What does this mean? Hey, is this bad? Like, literally, I just ask him straight up like that. Yesterday, I had a question for him. Like, hey, should I be reading this book or should I be reading the Bible? So just just really quick. I, and I literally asked him, hey, I need a discipleship moment. You need to tell me just straight up. Yeah. <laughs> he's nah. like, I would do this, this, and that. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, I guess, going off of that, like, when, when you are reading, say, the Bible, um, I guess for me, at times, especially depending on the translation and such, stuff gets lost in translation, mm-hmm. right? Because every time that I read the Bible, I take something away from it, even though it might be the same exact verse. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm going through something mentally, I read this verse and it says, you know, um, you know, don't get into a fight today, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, man, damn it, maybe not today, tomorrow? but tomorrow. Where's the verse that says whoop his ass? Yeah. You know, um, but I, I take that away from it, you know, in that period. And then I read the same verse tomorrow and now I'm in a, a jovial mood. Like, oh, mm. You know, I'm not supposed to be fighting, period, mm. you know, type deal. So um, you have that experience, but then you go and you read in a different book and then it actually expounds upon, you know, that thought. Like, hmm. You know, that, that actually makes a lot more sense. So I, I think that we do have to have that supplemental reading. Um, mm. And I, I really... Only recently got in, got into you know enjoying reading, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Same. I, I used to hate reading. Same. Yeah, but I used still to hate because reading. it was forced. <laughs> yeah, it maybe because it was forced. Yes. Like, it, people tell you like, oh, you have to read Charlotte's Web. Ah, oh, damn it. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> damn yeah. spider. Who is Maury? And why do I have to spend Tuesdays with him? <laughs> <laughs> you know. But up until you actually find the thing that you're passionate about, like I love jujitsu now, man. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. To you. I love it. Mm. Maybe it's just you know being able to exert yourself on somebody else, um, and then having somebody a else battle to little, fight. Exactly, <laughs> you know. Yeah, man. But I could literally watch that stuff all day. Mm-hmm. So YouTube, there's like this 23 year old phenom. Like uh, I think that he's like one of the youngest people to go about getting a black belt. The dude has won in like uh, nine world tournaments. Dang. Yeah, man. This is against like older people and such. So people that is have been Brazilian? doing the nah. Wow. Um, I forget what his last name is, uh, but he, he's phenomenal, man. I say um, that because it's just, I ask that because it's just in their culture. Like uh, yeah. everybody's doing uh, jiu jitsu up in Brazil. Like yeah, it's just, man. you grow up yeah. putting people in like Kimuras and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, man. In preschool. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, you know, this, this kid, he took the time out to actually go out mastering his craft. Mm. And he's 23 years old, right? Um, and they're calling him. Uh, well, they're saying that he's going to be one of the goats for the sport. Mm. I wonder what this is. Um, I ended up having to look in my dang phone, man. I don't want to take up too much time. But, man, he um, at 23, he's already won nine world tournaments. Wow. You know, That's this impressive. is going as people that have impressive. been doing the sport for Against over grown 10 men. years. Yeah, man. He hasn't even fully developed physically. Exactly. 
You at know. 23, you're yeah. not even fully, you know. But him and his sister, right? So they found the passion. Um, and then they've done everything to go about improving. Uh, so they were able to spot the weaknesses in their game. Because the first time that he went to a World's Tournament, he lost. Mm. Right? Um, and then he said, man, I never want to feel like that again. He started getting into his mind after he had won the first one. Um, people actually booed him at his second one. Just Why? because he, I'm not sure. I want to say it was because he, he uses a very similar move to go about winning majority of his world's tournaments. Where, uh, if it works, he, it works. It right. Goes, That's, I hate he, he's that mastered that like this, this one move and like it's extremely hard to get out of. Mm. But uh, they were cheering for the other guy and when he had lost, the kid, like, I think he was like maybe 19 at this point, he stood up and he was like triumphant. But people were cheering against him. It's like, why are you guys booing me? He didn't have like any animosity toward the other person or whatever. But that's kind of um, weird. It was man, nineteen year old kid. You know. Yeah, like why are you booing the the, the winner? Like if he won yeah. fair and square, you yeah. know, if he did nothing wrong. I mean, exactly. you're, you're a grown ass adult. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you're in the stands and you're you're booing a kid. Yeah. That's, you know. That's interesting. You know, I, know. I could understand if he was um, like a there, there's a young basketball star. I forgot his name. Uh, Newsome Newman, Julian Newman. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude's sick. Got handles for days. Yeah. But he talks a lot of trash. Has a horrible attitude. Yeah, at so least if you're from not a sportsman, right? If you're yeah. not a sportsman, I could understand that. But if you're like just, just, it, I'm imagining this like meek, humble kid. Oh yeah, and man. he's getting booed like that. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. yeah Again, man. as long as everything was legal, if it was kosher, then there's no reason to boo the kid. You know? Exactly. Now, if he cheated, uh, if he like hit him, flicked him in the balls real quick, you exactly. know, and then he <laughs> could have been a rear naked choke. All right, well, all right, cool. I that think you know that kind of plays into how being a fan in athletics, right, mm -hmm. or in professional sports. Like, how many people love LeBron and don't love LeBron? You know, like people will hate because you're doing well, or people will, mm. you know, not. Here, I was telling Angela, one of my friends is so ahead of his time with wisdom. When we were younger, he said, he had a lot of haters when he was younger. And he looked at me, he's like, Jason, haters means that you're doing, or having haters means you're doing something right. Mm. And I'm mm. like, huh, it's very interesting. I was in my 20s. Now that I mm. see that, it's this hatred for someone doing well, you know, which is essentially what this younger uh, jiu-jitsu champion is you know that's what he's going through right mm. these people are just the envy. envy and the hate the jealousy the, the jealousy mm -hmm. yeah and uh it's such a dangerous thing jealousy and envy mm -hmm. you know and i think that's why god speaks out against it so much <clears throat> um because you should be you should be resourceful with what you have Mm. And if you're not unhappy with what you have, you know, seek guidance. Why are you there? Try and do better. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, just to sit there and, and marinate in that in those emotions, those negative feelings, it just causes for negative actions. You know, man. But just the fact that I think that everybody experiences that, especially when you're trying to be a change maker, because people hate change. Mm, they will yeah. resist everything. You know that you try yeah. to do, even if it it sounds better. You know, it, Even if it is better, exactly. You know what I mean? mm -hmm. Just especially it, for yeah. the person who is like the it guy or the exactly. the person in control that needs the change. power. No, exactly. that like let's say they're the ones running the show. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, I see. Needs I to see, change. I see. They're the, they're really the ones going to fight you because, because now they might be losing their spot. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so mm -hmm. they're going to resist that change as much as possible.